Shopify grows your business no matter how far or big you grow. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Whether you're selling your fans' next favorite shirt or an exclusive piece of podcast merch, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. Allbirds, Rothy's, Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash income, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash income now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Ho, 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 and hello, and a warm welcome to the Minter Dialogue. My name is Minter Dial, and I'm your host for this podcast, a proud member of the Evergreen Podcast Network. For more information, or to check out other shows on the network, please visit evergreenpodcasts.com. This week's interview is with Jennifer Buchanan. Jennifer's a health entrepreneur, keynote speaker, certified and award-winning music therapist, and she's also an author of several books. Her latest book is a treat, Wellness Well Played, The Power of a Playlist, that was published by Page Two. In this discussion, we talk about the language of music, how it can be used to heal, why music is harmonious, the power of silence, making intentional playlists, and much more. You'll find all the show notes on minterdial.com. Please do consider to drop in your rating and review. And don't forget to subscribe to catch all the future episodes. Now for the show with Jennifer. Jennifer Buchanan, music therapist, speaker, health entrepreneur, and Canuck from Calgary. Um, Great to have you on the show. I was recommended to read your book, wellness well played loved it and just couldn't be more excited to have you on my show jennifer in your own words how'd like you how would you like to describe yourself <laughs> i i really liked that intro i i guess i'm best known as a music therapist i'm a certified music therapist for over 30 years now um with that I have a private practice that's a pretty good size. And that's where the health entrepreneur part comes in. I'm a music lover in my own life in in how it weaves through the world, watching how it's evolving, um, how these last two years it's really even changed and how it completely is attaching to people's values. And uh and, and I'm all the other things, you know, I want to be a good friend and I want to be good in my family. And, um, and that's where I see myself. I feel mostly lucky to be here. Yeah. That's a beautiful place to be. Mm-hmm. So Jennifer, um, one of these, one of those nights, uh, a fair long time ago, mm-hmm. and I was, um, having a, a wacky old trip and I, I was like, what thought have I not had before? And I came up with the idea of, of creating a religion from scratch. And I said, well, religion has to answer 
certain questions that in this is the way I my my narrative that um, uh, we don't have an answer to. And so I came up with nineteen questions, and mm. and one of them was, why is it that every time I ask somebody, do they like music, they say yes. Mm. So I was I was going to hope you could illuminate me. How yeah. is it that pretty much everybody likes music? I mean, it's, it's almost, it's, it's got to be one step below breathing. Mm. You know, it's interesting. They, if, if we look at the science on this part, we know that when we hear music, particularly music that inspires us, um, our, there is no other activity in the world that lights up our brain as fully as when we listen to that music that inspires us. And as human beings, it seems the more we can light up our brain, the greater high we can get. Those rewards come back to us. And music does that so naturally, quickly, started when we were young. And uh, I think that might have a lot of the reason to do it, why we listen. So in, in my crazy theory, I, I kind of wanted to base it on some kind of science. And I, I latched onto this theory of the string theory, which mm. felt so musical um, at mm. the end of the day, because it suggests that we're all of these little vibrating strings. And so for me, this idea of the vibration, how it, it vibes into us. And there are some people who say that the very first language we ever had was actually music uh, as human erectus or who, whatever it was, mm -hmm. you know, maybe, you know, three beats means danger or two beats means mm -hmm. food time. And, and, and this idea of vibrating. So it's, mm -hmm. it's definitely on the brain side, you get it, but somehow mm -hmm. it's really corporal as well. Yeah. Um, and, and that, that resonance that we are feeling between um, us with others continues to increase. You know, I, I was having this thought uh, when I was in grade four, many, many years ago, we had 3.6 billion people on the planet. We have doubled in our lifetime. Minter, there's a lot more resonating happening. There's a lot more of these musical connections happening. And, and where um, my work as a music therapist is, as I'm sitting with one of these individuals of the 7 billion people on the planet, it is about exactly as you just said, it is about music becoming the language. When we're so entangled, it is difficult to talk about our stress. It is difficult to uh, talk about maybe a relationship that has gone awry but we can create music together or listen to music together and have that opportunity to begin to process it through the music and not language at all. There's no doubt that you can relate to a song even if you don't understand a single word that's being said. I, I, I remember some African music being sung in in um zulu or mm. in um anyway I, I, and i i just remember the the feeling of the vibration the rhythms and when i go to a concerts as i was saying before i've been to many 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 shows concerts and 
And there's something about that feeling of the drums or the big bass, boom, as it just vibrates through your body. And, and that, that I think that obviously also is something about being in a, in a room with, or in a, in a stadium with other people having the same experience. But I suppose you can also do it just by listening to your headphones too. And it still somehow vibrates into all of your body. I mean, you, you talk about sex and drugs having the same kind of feeling. Certainly sex has a more, I feel body-like experience, but I mean, drugs sure as well. I mean, they're playing with all your hormones and and all of, and part tingling inside of you depends on which one you take, I suppose. Yeah, but but you know, you bringing up the concerts versus the headphones, absolutely you can get so much, but there is something about live, hey? You know, <clears throat> when we go to that live experience, I, I love how you connect to the drums and the bass. Have you always, has that been where your ear has naturally taken you, you feel? Well, I, I, I'm well, the Grateful Dead are the group that I would have see so often, and they have two drummers. Yeah. Uh, and and um, and and you and they're, they come from a different beat. Yeah. And so that kind of gave you that feeling. You had the sound of wall, the sound of music, uh, well, the notes so the the wall of sound, that's the one where you had all these huge uh, speakers giving it out. and then, of course, Phil Lesh on 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 bass. And, and so I was attentive to that, but the, I suppose at some level, I want to be attentive to all the musicians. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm not someone who in a classical concert is able to detect what, how the second violinist is playing. That's, that's, that's too much for me. There are some people who know how to do that. I'm, let's say within, you know, groups of six, seven playing, I want to be able to listen to the rhythm guitarist playing mm -hmm. and the contributions of the keyboardist, even when it's just back up. Uh, I, the backup singers, when what they're doing, I feel like I, I want to see and feel each one contributing to the group. Totally, and you're tapping into something so important. If we're if we're wanting to take the next step to deepening our relationship with music, often we have to break apart the different elements first. Take a moment mm -hmm. with that tone and that timbre. Take a moment with the pacing, the tempo. Take a moment as you focus on the harmony. And and one of um, my my special tricks of the trade is take a moment to have your ear pick out the silences between the notes. Take that moment um, as you deepen your relationship. You know, as you said those words, Jennifer, I got a kick of serotonin. It's crazy. This this feeling, that talking of that silence. Daniel Levitin in the book that you, you obviously know more about it than I do, but I, I remember how they studied the brain on music and how when there were pauses, those kicked up because of anticipation, if you knew the song, what's going to happen next? And they Da -da -da -da, or whatever was happening next um that silence and and you know i i misled you a little bit at the beginning where i said there's no other activity we know of that 
that will light up more areas of the brain simultaneously than when we listen to music that inspires us. But there's actually one moment where your brain will light up more, and that's the second after the music stops. <laughs> I love it. Right. It, and we, I feel like that whole brain thinking mm -hmm. is, which I think it was Daniel Pink or Cumber who wrote that, but the whole new mind, mm. this, this idea mm -hmm. of, of, of tapping into all of our brain and, and, and whether it's one type of music or another, but ability to spread out around our brain and, and connect the tissues, even in our own brain, I think maybe that's perhaps the most healing part of it. Yeah. And, and this opportunity where we can strengthen the strengths we already have. So in my world where I work often with um, those are who many are in circumstances they never expected themselves to be in. So it could be post stroke or a brain injury. Um, I also work um, with people who are end of life uh, with cancer, all those moments that are um, blindside you. But music can meet you where you're at through every moment of that too, in its wholeness, where you are no longer um, a diagnosis when you're within the music. You are fully you in that moment at that time and and we have and it has this opportunity to help you feel strengthened um regardless of what information you you are working through at that time so that's that's one of the areas we really focus on is that there's always an opportunity to our to feel our best in the moment that we have and music can help us get us there. Yeah. At some level, I, I've studied uh, a lot uh, about psychedelic assisted therapy mm -hmm. and yeah. it's, it's work with PTSD, mm -hmm. with uh, addiction, uh, fear of end of life. Yep. And I, I was really, you know, deeply moved when you wrote about that experience with the, Isra I think it was Israeli uh, girl who was terminally sick and her parents had traveled. So she's 23 or 24 and, uh, and you play music for the parents to dance to in front of her. Talk us through that moment because that is just some kind of a serious moment. This, uh, this is a fairly recent story. It was uh, just, um, it was last year, December. And it was after several months of us frontline workers working lots of frontline. <laughs> it had been a really tiring year. And I can remember as we were approaching um, the holiday season that you know there was it seemed like a natural time to take a little um a reprieve and so i got a call from uh unit 47 which is our palliative care unit here at our primary trauma hospital and um and it was a nurse that i know really well there who would often 
uh, come to the group sessions in the sunroom and she would be the nurse that would take her break at that time and would dance to the music that me and the patients would be making um, on the unit. And you could just see her um, being refueled for the rest of the day. Mm. And so to say all that, because she was, is impossible to say no to. So when she says, Jen, there's someone for you to see, <laughs> you just say yes to those people. And I showed up, I didn't know what I was about to embark upon. I had my guitar and um, as she and the spiritual care director were walking to me to the room, I got exactly what you just said, that it was a young woman who was at university uh, going to school. She was in her, uh, had just finished her first year, found out diagnosed with stage four ovarian cancer, came as a shock. Her parents couldn't come over to see her um, because of COVID and she would be alone through this treatment and FaceTime and the parents were working very hard to get over to be able to come here and fly here but you were on all these massive lists and it just it was really tough so they finally landed on um december 23rd and they called because the parents had heard of music therapy, knew what a music therapist could do. And they asked if they knew anybody, they brought me in. And um, I got to the door, I, I was completely gowned up, but because of COVID was not allowed into the room because already the parents were there, which is at the maximum capacity as well as the young girl. And of the young girl, I could only see the bottom of her feet under the blanket. And um, the at, in that moment, um, you know, you just don't know if your 30 years of training has given you enough to know what to do. You really don't. Like, okay, so here, I've got what I need. What am I going to do? And in this case, I didn't have to figure it out because mom knew exactly what she wanted. And uh, she just, with bright, beautiful eyes underneath her mask and all her gown, she said, um, thank you so much for coming. We would like you to play live music um, so my husband and I can dance to it. We want the last thing our daughter to see is her parents happy and dancing. And we want the last thing that she hears to be music, live music. So um, in this case, and looking at the age of the parents and the room and the feeling of the season, um, it was, uh, I sang Love Me Tender by um, uh, Elvis. Elvis and uh, um, but going at the tempo that the parents were moving and, um, and we just kept going from there and they were able to give their daughter, um, that experience and were able to say goodbye to her later that evening. So, yeah. Wow. 
Yeah, yeah I, I said Israeli, Indian, other I. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, what yeah. a story. Yeah, so in your work, you know, music therapists, uh, when I first came across it, I mm. kind of just thought about it as having fun. Um, <laughs> but clearly, you you deal with many pathologies, actually. Mm -hmm. Talk, talk mm -hmm. us through, let's yeah. say, what are the, the typical pathologies you're working with? And, and which ones mm. do you strive? Where do you think there's most opportunity for music therapy? Yeah, so I'm fortunate to have a team of 18 music therapists now in my company and the youngest client we see is probably around you know infants we we see from infants all the way up to um 103 104 uh we work in a variety of different settings some more complex than others so we will work within the school system um we work with kids uh many of whom have a diagnosis of um and and but some that just may have some learning challenges that they are working through and that music's going to be able to support them in. Um, I also work in corrections and uh, using music as a an opportunity for uh, assessment um, to find out how how well people are and where they will be determined whether they're not criminally responsible or not of a crime. And so music therapy is happening in that context as well. Um, we work in a lot of long-term care and uh, see many of our elders um, as uh, they are aging with, again, many diagnoses, but, but um, uh, at times those diagnoses are very secondary to us um, we can be our wellest during the music therapy sessions. So uh, although someone may be diagnosed with dementia and we recognize that and we alter our pacing and we alter um, our song selection and all those things that are going to be happening, we will see people incredibly lucid who and have great conversations with them because the music has created that opening for that to happen. Um, we work with family units, we work in the foster system, uh, and then of course medical, you know, the palliative care, the neuro rehabilitation, um, mental health units. Uh, currently we're on a burns unit that's brand new to us as of this summer, we've started on the burn unit here in, uh, in our city. So, uh, it, oh, and we've been at, in ICU in person, um, for much of COVID, um, what what an opportunity that has been. So, you know, they they say uh, find your niche, Jen, um, and it is you know music therapy is our niche, uh, connecting and um, finding ways that music can help people to achieve the goals that they have is what our niche is. Uh, the population, the demographic, we are open. I mean, listening to you as I'm trying to imagine the difference between being Johnny Cash playing <laughs> to inmates uh, mm -hmm. to dealing with kids with maybe some mm -hmm. kind of neuro situation, autism or whatever, dementia, 
um, palliative care. I feel like there are there have to be specialisms within this because mm -hmm. not everybody's capable of dealing with a kid who's a little bit hard to manage. Not yeah. everybody's able to deal with death. So clearly mm -hmm. dementia or the patience that you need for that, or, you know, the intimidation of, of working in a prison. I mean, so do your 18 people kind of have <laughs> specialisms? Yes. So, you know, the, the education system varies around the globe. Uh, a lot of it starts very general, you know, very much like becoming a family practitioner. You be, you GP. learn, you totally, you become a GP for a while. Um, and then you do find your specialty along the way. And yes, as people move into their three, four, five years practicing, you start being able to develop those specialties and interests. Uh, sometimes they're population specific or age specific, but sometimes um, they may be a, a certain style. So you may be more interested in the physical rehabilitation um stream and you will uh follow further down that that road sometimes it may be general mental health um and and wellness um but it could also be very specifically around mental illness very diagnosed working with people with schizophrenia and and chronic depression you know so so definitely you can find your niche i haven't gotten there yet um <laughs> only um maybe you're good at all of them i don't i don't know if i'm good at all of them i definitely like to i i i really like working in complex um complex scenarios for sure yeah do you love news about LinkedIn, Indeed, Google and just about every other recruitment tech company out there? Hell yeah. I'm Chad. I'm Cheese. We're the Chad and Cheese Podcast. All the latest recruiting news and insights are on our show. Dripping in snark and attitude. Subscribe today wherever you listen to your podcasts. We, we out. So um, speaking of complex things, one of the <laughs> challenges that parents can have is dealing with teenagers. <laughs> Adolescents. Um, you know, and I'm not talking about your husband or my wife, how, how she sometimes talks about me. Um, the, the ability to, well, as a teenager, you forge your identity around music. It's one of the, the yeah. methods that we have. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, often it's mm -hmm. about rejecting mm -hmm. the parents mode and and donning certain styles of clothing and and habits and and sound that are are designed almost to be different if not irritating to the parent right. so i i'm wondering to what extent you can you help people work through that is that is yeah. can because i mean i have to imagine we can reconnect through music mm -hmm. but sometimes as a parent you kind of need to say well all right that's not my type of music, but I'm going to deal. How, mm -hmm. I, I, I've not been very good at that personally. I'm wondering how, how can, how can one do better at that connect in despite let's say a musical taste. 
So, so Minter, as, as I hear all the things you say, I know that you have had a high level of awareness of how music has affected you your whole life. Not everybody is there. Some are, but not everyone is there yet. And my fate, they're all my favorite in the book, but the first um, playlist I take people through is the life soundtrack. And it sounds simple. And I say this repeatedly in the book. It may be simple, but it's not easy. Not to do it with that deeper intention of connecting to your music in a new way, in a more highly elevated way, which is what I hope everyone will do after they read the book. So Life Soundtrack is a beautiful place to start. And how I recommend people do the Life Soundtrack is to get um, several pieces of paper. You can do it on your computer, but in this case, I think I'm going to try to engage more of your brain and ask you to re-engage with your writing. And you can have different pieces of paper, um, spread them out over periods of time in your life. So start with pre-grade school. Those earliest music memories will be on that first piece of paper. The ones that can be not always the most accessible, um, but if if I opened up the window to say it could have been a toy that made a certain tune or a sound, um, perhaps there was someone in your life that hummed to you, um, if you were fortunate to have that human. And then the next piece of paper will be grade school. So this will be, you know, from that um, once you have started going to school to say junior high time and the music so, so that that's you were seven to 14 yeah or or 12 maybe let's do 12. seven to 12 there and those are the years where some of, if you've been in a school again where you've been fortunate where they brought in recorders or ukuleles or maybe a few drums or you had music class you may have some memories around that um i can remember um trying to tap dance to pat benatar i don't know why that comes back but that's grade six somewhere in there <laughs> so there were those moments um i can remember singing um the lion's part in the wizard of oz i remember all that you know in christmas concerts and then you go into junior high. So let's start around that 12, 13, those tweens um, and up to high school. And just like you said, whew, this is where a lot of people around the world begin to collect a lot of music. It is also the music we seem to retain forever. <laughs> so um, it will be with you for a long time. And I'm actually going to take it up to about 21 years old. Mm -hmm. Like it goes into university now, this collection, high collection of music. And so you're going to need three pieces of paper for this one as you document. And as you're documenting it, don't um, hesitate to write the little stories or the person you were with or the relationship gone awry story <laughs> you know that one mm -hmm. where you where you put the song on repeat just to get over them 
Um, and yet you didn't realize you were actually anchoring them even stronger to that song than you ever were before. So all that was happening. And so you'll get to that place. And then you've got this young adulthood from 21, 22, 23, up to today, um, wherever you are at, and you might need more pieces of paper for that. Uh, the science is also suggesting that we only add about five to 15% maximum new music to that anchor to us post the age of 30, 35. So most of our music that we are accumulating are ha is happening before the age of 30. Um, but I want to switch those stats as well. I want us to continue learning new music as long as possible. I think it, I feel it's good for us and our brain and our well-being and just our interest in in always growing, being in a growth mindset. And if I can, it's it's also relevant to when you're a parent of teenagers. Yeah. Because let's say as a teenager, you have a, you know, so 13 year old to 18 year old child, you by definition are past your 30, 35 year old right. age. And right. so you're now having to tack on in that five to 15% their music. Right. And, and it's important we do. This is another way we can connect to our kids. And um, I'm, I'm crossing a finger to remind myself to come back to a thought on the high connection, connecting to our high schoolers. Um, but our life soundtrack, Minter, is the starting place. It is simple. It's not easy and it's gonna take time, but what an enjoyable way to spend it. And as you're doing it, you're going to remember those songs. Don't hesitate to go and turn them on. Turn on those songs as you remember them. Um, I keep having flashbacks of, I keep thinking I've done my life soundtrack because how could I not have? That's my job. <laughs> and I just had another huge flashback of going, oh, that artist was so important to me for those six months at that time because of ABC. And so you can add those on um, whenever you can. I'll take us up to our relationship with our high schoolers. Um, one of the questions I get a lot is, oh my God, my kid's listening to this music and I'm sure it's really bad for them. <laughs> <laughs> they're taking <laughs> drugs it's so bad the whole thing <laughs> and um and the question to ask our youth is how do you feel when you're listening to that music it's not what is the music although you want to know that too because you might want to add it to your soundtrack but and you want to get to know it but ask them first how are they feeling if they're not feeling more angry, more depressed, if they're not feeling more of all those things that you're worried about, they're fine. They're great. It's doing good things for them. It's making them, it's helping them. I bet you'll hear words like, oh, I just really dig it. I love the groove. They're probably not even listening to the words because they're loving the groove. Do, do the kids say groove anymore? 
Is it hip? Is it hip? Is it groovy? I'm I'm worried about that one, but I wouldn't. I certainly (laughs) probably not. Okay, they have their whole language, Um, and they might be. uh, And and so so to just to access that piece that that if they're feeling better, if they're feeling more focused, it's something I can do my homework to. It's all good. Um, And then you can go into the next questions of, can you tell me about the band? Where do they come from? How did they start? Um, Are are there concerts around? Um, You could ask questions around, um, what genre would you call this? Uh, When I was putting the book together, I actually had to go to my kids and ask, okay, what genres am I now missing on my list? I had no idea there were so many genres. Oh, and yeah. I think genres, uh, it's just one big old headache. I mean, <laughs> trying to figure out blue, between blues, R&B, right. hip hop, and rap. And I mean, and, and just, you know, people who are listening who are knowledgeable, like, well, duh. But for, for sometimes some songs seem to emerge or evolve from one genre into another and their styles are are complex back to that word mm. anyway so that, that is one old thing so i love that so ask your teenager what are the okay. feelings that they're having as they listen and then allow them to explore their knowledge around mm-hmm. the band and then uh you know the thing of course at some level i've always associated values with my music Absolutely. so there, there's something deeply valuable mm-hmm. about the messages. And mm-hmm. so obviously in the language that you know, my son particularly, he's he's extraordinary because he, uh, A, he remembers all the lyrics of all the songs, which I've never been able to do. Okay. And then two, he corrects me, of course. But um, but two, he, he enjoys listening to an enormous variety of cultures. So whether it's Hungarian, uh, Austrian, Korean, Japanese. Um, I mean, he, he, he's Finnish. So obviously languages that he doesn't know, but he still actually knows the words that are being said. And, and so I think, I think that's marvelous. You talk about the cultural mm-hmm. connectivity that, that can go mm-hmm. through music. Yet, um, two things. One, I feel that today people... N- I'm nostalgic, but I feel like today many people are yearning for the music mm-hmm. that I happen to be brought up on, which is, it turns out, 70s and 80s. And, and you know, so I'm feeling like, well, it's, it's, of course, it's my music, but I mean, that's hokey pokey. But there is this feeling that there's somehow in this world which is lacking authenticity, some in some form of authenticity that's there that these boys bands that are sort of Instagrammable are are not providing. And so I'm feeling like I'm an old fart talking about this as I say it to you. But I I do know that my son is now talking to me about Deep Purple and Led Zeppelin. I would say with, uh, with great glee, the same kind of glee that I feel I had when I was his age. So I, so that's great. But I, I'm just wonderful. wondering if that's also a missing component to today's music and musicians. You know, um, so I'm not going to answer that question because I don't <sighs> know. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. 
I don't know if if the music of that is being released today is going to have the same impact on the people who are hearing it today as the music we're speaking about has on us. I feel that there's a lot more music coming out today than there was at the time. I think that um, people have a lot of variety um, and, and maybe it's not, there may only be a few artists and, and certain songs that do stand the test of time. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there are people that wrote Shakespearean like Shakespeare did, but Shakespeare seems to have broken through somehow because of something remarkable about him. Um, so there's probably music today that we're hearing a lot on the radios that is going to have that breakthrough and that impact. Um, and it's going to be interesting to see what it is. But what I'd like to know is tell me about that music from the 70s and 80s, Minter, and I, 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 not, the, not the artists themselves, but I'd love to know a bit more about the feelings you have as you look back on those for you. Well, I have a, a memory of, I went to boarding school in England and I have this memory of a friend of mine uh, to name him John, um, and John and I would, in his room, we all, all had our own rooms, uh, we would put on an album and we would kind of lie down and we would listen to the entire album with the little, you know, sounds that come through the vinyl. And, and so for me, there's that connection that's happening spiritually almost as you listen to this entire narrative anesthesia like it's almost tactile you can oh, feel yeah. it yeah so that's what's going on in my mind jennifer mm. as i mm. as i recall those and and it, it it sparks the idea of the question of adele who recently imposed upon spotify non-shuffle for her album to be listened to in the order, in the manner that she wished it. And I think that is a maybe a hat tip to the old folks, but I also think it's it's kind of a beautiful thought. What do you think? Oh, I love it too. I uh, So you'll be interested to know how much I've been avoiding listening to the album yet because I was waiting for the LP to arrive. It arrived yesterday afternoon. And after I speak to you, I'm actually going to put a record on to listen to her album as she intended it to be listened to. So I'm so excited. Yay. <laughs> that, so I know Adele was one of your top 10. I, I had to, yes. I, in your book, you talk about hashtag Jen's 10. I, yeah. had to, I had to seek it out, but I found it. Did you? I did. And it, it, it makes me think of another thing that I've seen happening, which I find awfully interesting is people who dissect, decode, deconstruct songs that they do live mm -hmm. for the first time that they hear a song. Mm -hmm. and, yeah. and I was even thinking, Jen, I was going to do that to you, but uh, <laughs> just for fun. But the, the ability for people to relate into and describe what's happening in that music. I've watched 
so many of those because I, first of all, I find that extremely talented to be able to just on the fly, find, see what's happening, understand the nuances, dissecting the different tracks and things. I think that's beautiful. And then, and then they, that sort of, oh my God, feeling. <laughs> totally. It gets, it gets my serotonin flying, you know, harmonious music. Harmonious music. I love that term, Jack, in your book. <laughs> oh, that's terrific. I, um, you know, as we're talking about the albums, I, I do feel um, that is a little bit of what's been lost since the 70s and 80s and early 90s, uh, because we have turned into shuffle like ever since shuffle <laughs> has been able to happen and um but to listen to entire albums so when i did gens 10 it was actually challenging to think about okay what full albums really had a a deep impact on my life where it was always i would listen to the entire album and uh, that is something I feel people might not uh, connect to as much right now. Um, maybe if I could do a call to action that that if there is a new release happening from one of your favorite artists, um, yeah, listen to it the way that it was intended. I love how Adele's gonna start that as a trend now and and take a moment through the whole thing and, you know, not just listen to the top two that are on the radio or top one yeah. on the radio. It brings up another point, Jen, that I had come across and I was listening to that when I was listening to Brett Weinstein and his wife talking, mm. great podcast that they do. And they were talking about a lack of community mm. and in the meta story, mm -hmm that is clear the division and so many other things mm -hmm. but what they were doing was pointing out how in the old days we would use we would go to work and we may or may not have had anything in common with our co-workers mm -hmm. but at least we had seen the the show last night the brady bunch did you see the brady bunch last night or whatever it is i'm trying to think of something that's sort of of the era and or uh, did you hear the tune that was played on the radio, every radio station at that same time as it was launched? It was, you know, the B or the A and whatever it was. It was everywhere and everybody had a commune around that song or that television hit. So on the one hand, we have the album story. On the other hand, today we have the so much splintering of music. Maybe there is a lot more variety but the fact is that it's harder to connect with the sort of individualized mm -hmm. and we're doing it in our earphones mm -hmm. and we're listening to my music whereas mm -hmm. you know yours well how do you how do i know what you're listening to jen yeah. you know it, there's no communality in our no. community mm -hmm. yeah and there's something positive to be able to say this level of personalization that we can do for ourselves and our own interests and tastes but you're right if if we're as a society 
we always want to be striving towards that those opportunities for collaboration those opportunities to have a collective um, experience uh, why people love going to live concerts so much um, and you know I, I hope I address that in the book as well when um, a simple request around creating opportunities for music hubs you could do this either at work or you could do this amongst uh, your your friends or neighbors and just like we have a book club where we um do that deep dive into a book we have all just read together well now we can come together and perhaps choose you know an album okay let's do this album let's take this new album that's being released everyone listen to it let's come together let's listen to it again let's go into that deep dive or it could be that you know bring the quiz 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 essential is that the right word? How do you say that word? <laughs> quintessential, quintessential. Um, that when you're bringing that that one piece of music from your your high school era that speaks exactly who you were or who you aspired to be, and so you bring that one piece and you share it as a group, and you know, music hubs would be a great opportunity for us. I guess this is also a place where the streaming services help us, where we can do public uh, playlists that we can share with our friends and neighbors of some of the the items, the 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 works that we love so much, the artists we love so much. So we can do that. Yeah. Well, uh, Jen, it's been a wonderful <laughs> chat. I I do have I I really um, I wanted to talk to you about mixtapes and DJs. <laughs> Um, the cathartic element of listening to sad songs. There's really so much in there, and your book is a delight to read. Wellness, well played, well written. Um, Jen, how can people connect with you, uh, find out more about what you're up to, and of course, get your book? The best place to go is my website, which is my name. So jenniferbuchanan.ca. You can find the books, you can find videos, you can find blogs. Um, it's also a way to connect to me through social media. Um, I love connecting to new people and I look forward to connecting to your audience, Mentor. And thank you so much for having me. It's been a tremendous pleasure, Jen. Thanks for having listened to this episode of the Minter Dialogue podcast. If you like the show and would like to support me, please consider a donation on patreon.com forward slash Minterdial. You can also subscribe on your favorite podcast service. And as ever, rating and reviews are the real currency for podcasts. You'll find the show notes with over 2,000 and more blog posts on Minterdial.com. Check out my documentary film and four books including my last one, You Lead, How Being Yourself Makes You a Better Leader. And to finish, here's a song I wrote with Stephanie Singer, A Convinced Man. I like the feel of a stranger Tucked around me, precipitating the danger
The world's best-known investor and Wall Street expert Warren Buffett once said, Wall Street is the only place that people ride to in a Rolls Royce to get advice from those who take the subway. Mr. Buffett's quote is remarkably accurate, but how many people would rather receive advice from him than someone simply guessing? Welcome to Buy, Hold, Sell, your single source for Wall Street knowledge and profitable guidance. Please join me, Todd Schoenberger, and fellow trader Tobin Smith, as well as host Veronica Dudo, for a podcast known to move the needle for investors. Tobin and I are seasoned Wall Street executives with deep investment experience, and we are prepared to share our advice to those who choose to listen. Download Buy, Hold, Sell today on the Evergreen Podcast Network or your favorite podcast channel.